Welcome to the Mala Movement Podcast. Each episode we share our experience and research on all things natural living, holistic health and mindful being. We are so grateful that you're hanging out with us. Let's dive on in. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode. And today I'm actually reposting an old episode. It was actually my third podcast ever. And the reason I'm reposting it is because one, it got deleted. I went through and transferred my podcast uh, over to a new host and I lost my first five episodes and I was so bummed. But I think it'll be a good thing to repost this type of episode because it's all about immunity and we're still in this same shit that we were last year. And people have a lot of questions. They want to know how they can support their immune system. And in this episode, I talk about real immunity and just educate you a little bit around how us humans evolved our immune system and how we don't necessarily need to be scared of certain things. And yeah, I'm just hoping that it's going to answer a lot of your questions and serve you in whatever way it's meant to. Now, in this episode, I probably will be mentioning old stats, but otherwise the rest of the information is still so relevant. So I'm really excited to dive in and yeah, replay this one for you. Today, I'm going to chat about the immune system and how you can best support it, because in my opinion... Not enough people are talking about it, especially health professionals that are on the mainstream media, um, but also like the governments and things like that. So it's not getting enough airtime, in my opinion. And the immune system is just so important. Like instead, there's an overwhelming amount of talk around masks and gloves, social distancing, isolation and a vaccine. So and this is leading people to believe that these are the only things that are going to protect them. And it's just not true. (laughs) Like, I get why people think that because that's what the government and the actors on the TV are telling them. So I understand why people are thinking that. But I just want to say that that's probably the most backwards way of thinking about this because none of that is actually building and supporting the immune system. It's just wrapping you in bubble wrap and pretty much hoping for the best. You actually need an immune system to support your body in fighting any sort of infectious disease and things like that. So there's a few examples that I want to give here. So people still get the flu even when they get a flu vax. So and you need a healthy immune system to actually respond to the flu vax for it to even work. Um, because your body actually needs to make the antibodies in response to the flu vaccination. And if you don't have a healthy and functioning immune system, the vax just won't work. So you need to look after your immune system as well as like if you choose to engage in these other practices. And number three, mask, gloves, vaccines, and social distancing can't and won't offset the need to eat healthy, sleep well, exercise, and look after yourself. Because a truly healthy body is always going to give you the best chance of overcoming any sort of illness um, rather than trying to bubble wrap yourself with all of these things that we're currently doing. And number four, we need bacteria and viruses to survive. And without them, we actually wouldn't even exist. So I'll dive into that a little bit later. And number five. Building a healthy immune system requires you to actually interact with people and come in contact with viruses and bacteria in order to evolve. So if we're not interacting with these different types of bacteria and viruses, our immune system just becomes lazy and weak sort of thing. So the diversity literally breeds immunity in this case. 
So in this episode, I'm going to dive into all of this and what you can do to support your immune system, just to help give you more of a diverse sort of opinion and just extra things to think about um, that you might not be getting elsewhere. So firstly, I just wanted to bring to your awareness all the things that make up your immune system, which include number one, the organs that produce your white blood cells. So which are the little cells that protect your body. Um, so these white blood cells actually help fight off like infectious disease and foreign invaders. Number two is your lymphatic system. And this helps actually circulate these little white blood cells around your body to do all the fighting. And number three, there's the antigens and antibodies that your system makes to fight viruses and other threats. And lastly, your gut microbiome, which is made up of thousands of different little strains of bacteria and some viruses and some fungi that when in balance, it actually helps support your immune system. So this is a huge part of your immune system, your microbiome, okay? So when in balance, it is the seat of your immune system. This is the major part of it. Um, and a lot of people aren't giving this much attention. It is starting to get a lot more like studies and things like that and some conventional sort of people or professionals are talking about it a little bit more, but it's been always well known that your immune system and your gut health and your microbiome is all intertwined and without it, your immune system just wouldn't function as it's meant to. So they're the four things that make up your immune system. And I just want to clear something up um, just before we dive into the rest. And it's just around vaccines, as many people believe that a simple vaccine is going to protect them. So going back to what I was saying before, though, it's actually your immune system's response to the vaccine that is going to protect you. And I know how confusing it is because the mainstream mediums is always saying, make sure you get your vaccine to protect you from this season's flu. So I get why you think that, but how they work is when you receive the vaccine, your body thinks a virus or bacteria has infected you, which signals to your body to create protective antibodies. So the next time your body meets that bacteria or virus, it's ready to fight it off and it knows what to do. But what many people have seemed to have forgotten is that we can actually develop resistance naturally as the same thing happens when your body naturally is exposed to a virus or bacteria through community exposure and things like that. So you pick up a bug and your body creates the antibodies to fight off the infection. And then when you when you recover, your body keeps those antibodies to know how to fight it off again the next time. And this is how herd immunity happens. So when enough people actually come in contact with a virus and their body creates the antibodies for it, the virus naturally slows down and can even stop the virus from spreading. And this happens when a large amount of the population develop immunity. And when enough people are resistant to a virus, it has nowhere to go. And now I know not every single individual may become immune. Um, so in some cases, not everyone has a sort of like the strong immune system to really develop this, but the group as a whole will become protected, making the infection rates drop. And just so I'm clear, I'm definitely not anti-vax by any means. I'm simply pro-choice. If you've done your own research, made an educated decision to take any sort of particular vaccine, that's your choice. And I fully support freedom of choice around whatever you choose to put into your body. All I want is that people just to know the facts and to know what is actually going into their body. Because I think a lot of people blindly make decisions. They trust what other people are telling them, um, whether they're authorities or not. So I just think for your own peace of mind and just to take a little bit of responsibility for your own health, 
actually do your own research, do your own investigation as so you understand what's actually going in, what cause and effect that could have. So I really encourage educated choices. So actually knowing what's going on, not just blindly following. Okay, so now that's out of my brain, I want to chat about your microbiome, which is the bacteria or the little microbes, whichever you want to call them, that live in and on just about every part of your body. They're on your skin, they're in your gut, and even up in your nose. And what might surprise you is that humans actually have more bacteria living inside them than actual human cells. So we're more bacteria than we are human in some weird way. And of course, there are some harmful bacteria that can cause you some issues when out of balance, though most of the time, these little bacteria friends actually live in harmony with you. And without them, we wouldn't thrive or even survive for that matter, as the beneficial bacteria actually are needed to help you properly digest food, for example, detox your body. They produce some vitamins that your body cannot produce on its own, and they create certain compounds that regulate your immune system and even play a role in supporting mental mental health and regulating your mood. So there's even like targeted sort of probiotic therapy that they're starting to do for certain digestive issues, for hay fever and immune issues, for mental health issues. There's so much research happening right now around the beneficial bacteria because I feel like we've done a lot of damage and it's caused a lot of health chaos. So um, it's really exciting that all this research is starting to be done and an interest is being developed in that sort of area in the science community. So that's super exciting. But what I really want to highlight is that 70 to 80% of your immune system is actually in your gut. So if you want a strong immune system, you actually need to have a happy, healthy gut and the bacteria community in there actually need to be healthy and happy too. And this is why this bacteria phobia we're currently seeing could actually be hurting your immune system. And humans have had a relationship with bacteria that literally starts from birth. Like when the baby passes through the mother's vagina, this is the first inoculation that happens, which helps to start building the baby's immune system. Beneficial bacteria also gets passed on during breastfeeding. And as the child actually grows, what does it do? It puts lots of stuff in its mouth, like dirt, it picks up keys, toys, mum's phone. I've seen it all. Anything that they can get their hands on, they're putting it in their mouth. And babies do this to explore their environment, but they also do it intuitively to diversify their internal ecosystem of bacteria, which is going to help them build that immune system, that strong immune system. And the reason I mention this is because I just really want to highlight and help you understand that we are naturally in relationship with bacteria and viruses our entire lives. And it's also been said by many researchers that social exposure, outdoor activity, more time in nature and a healthy diet are essential for kids to build their immune system. And this also applies to adults. We are not exempt from this as we require exposure to these same things in order to maintain a healthy bacteria balance and a strong immune system. So it's good to have these beneficial bacteria and this exposure constantly passing through us from the air we breathe, from nature, from the food we eat, everything like that. There needs to be that constant flow through. That's what's shown to be most beneficial. But when we're sort of isolated, stuck indoors and not being exposed to this diverse, I guess, ecosystem, then it creates more of a vulnerable environment because 
that diversity, back to what I was saying, that diversity breeds immunity. We need a diverse ecosystem internally because just like one probiotic, if we just had one or supplemented with one, for example, that one does one certain job and there's all different bacteria species that do all sorts of different jobs in your body. So some are really good for mental health, some are good for metabolism, some are good for digestion. Like there's all these different things. Some are good for inflammation. So they all have their roles and that's why diversity and broad spectrum, like you hear broad spectrum probiotics, that's still like those 10 to 12 probiotics are still very, I guess, small in the big scheme of things. That's why we need that outdoor time because there's so much bacteria in nature and there's also soil derived organisms and beneficial bacteria that we get from food and fermented foods and all that sort of stuff. So this is really why it just does not make sense to me in this sort of way that we're having this bacteria phobia right now because isolation mask, staying at home and sanitizing until your hands turn bone dry is just not the only answer to this current situation. Yes, practice good hygiene, but this new normal, as they're calling it, goes against human evolution and how our immune systems evolved. That's why it just does not make sense to me, all of these, um, I guess, what's happening right now. We need community connection and bacteria to maintain a strong and healthy immune system. It's that simple. Plus, I also feel it's really important to know that without viruses, life and the planet as we know it just would cease to exist. We need viruses just like we need bacteria. So viruses are really important for human health, like they are part of our genome, as well as for plants. So certain viruses have helped plants evolve and adapt. So some have actually even helped plants become more drought tolerant, things like that. So really important for agriculture, really like it's a part of us as well. And now just so you're aware in the big scheme of things, almost all viruses out there are not evil little pathogenic little things like we think they are. Most actually don't cause harm to humans. And viruses, as I was saying, they make up part of our genome. So about 8% of our human genome is actually made up of viruses. And they've actually helped humans evolve throughout time. So things like long-term memory formation, placenta development, and supporting digestion, like releasing certain enzymes. And they've actually helped us evolve in that sort of way. And science have really only have just begun to scratch the surface in the way that viruses are really a part of humans plus like how they serve in sort of like plant life and things like that. Even sea life, there's certain viruses that are needed to maintain harmony within the sea. And I thought this was really cool. There's actually something even called phage therapy, which is super, super fascinating. This is a therapy that actually uses viruses to target particular bacterial infections. And it's a quickly growing field due to the many people becoming antibiotic resistant, but also because of like, it can actually precision, like so certain, it can target certain bacteria species and knock them out rather than relying on an antibiotic, which wipes out the entire bacterial species. Like it's not targeted approach. So it's really helpful in that way, just to target a certain bacteria, wipe it out instead of affecting your whole microbiome in that sort of way. Which leads me to talk about a little bit about antibiotics and antibiotic resistance. So I myself am actually antibiotic resistant, which actually happened when I was about 18 or so. 
Um, through a lot of antibiotic use when I was younger, I used to get a lot, a lot of tonsillitis. Uh, it was literally, I was just stuck in a vicious cycle. I was literally taking an antibiotic, coming off them, getting sick again, <laughs> then having to go back on them because I got sick again. And it would literally just go around and around in circles. It was such a nightmare. And in hindsight, I understand why this was happening because my poor little gut health and every little bacterial, beneficial bacteria that I had in there um, was just like wiped out. So that, of course, crashed my immune system because like 70 to 80 percent of your immune system is in the gut. So my gut was so irritated and inflamed and I wiped out all my beneficial bacteria. So I had nothing protecting me or buffering it. So um, it was really easy for the bad bacteria, I put in air quotes because they're only bad when they're out of balance, but it gave a really perfect environment for the bad bacteria to thrive and take over. So I was more susceptible because I didn't have the good guys to buffer everything and keep everything in balance. So I ended up getting to a point where even penicillin injections in the bum. So I would like, cause the penicillin tablets or the capsules would stop working. So they tried injecting penicillin in my butt cheek. Um, so that didn't even work. So they ended up putting me on a, just a long-term antibiotic. Um, it was a different one to penicillin. So they kept me on that for about six months until I got to the top of the wait list to get my tonsils out. So they didn't want me sick when I was getting my surgery because that would delay everything. So they just said, take this until you get the to the top of the wait list and then hopefully all is good. So six months later, I was literally still waiting to get my tonsils out and I got to a point where I couldn't even keep down food for God's sake. Like I got to a point where I'd eat and I just feel so nauseous. I ended up vomiting one time. Like it was just really, really disturbing and so uncomfortable. Like my tummy was so irritated. I'd bloat all the time. So a lot of damage had been done. And this is because all of my bacteria was just the beneficial guys were just wiped out. And in all honesty, my digestion wasn't the same after this for a really long time. And after my tonsils got taken out, I did end up getting glandular fever. I had complications with getting my tonsils out. So I ended up having to go into surgery twice because I ended up hemorrhaging. Uh, so it was like I had nearly fully recovered. I was like 95% better. And I went back into work. So I had my two weeks off, went back into work and then my mouth just filled with blood and I could feel like the vein that had popped open and it was just pulsing. It was uh, like, if you're scared of blood, I'm sorry, but it was full on and it was just pulsing and I could feel it squirting and it was just a nightmare. So I ended up having to go back to the hospital. They tried to like singe it closed and then it ended up opening up again and they couldn't stop the bleeding. So I went into like an emergency, um, like, procedure for them to close it back up again and yeah it was it was actually really life-threatening like they found it really hard to get down the oxygen tubes because of all the blood that was just coming out so it was really full-on and in hindsight if I could prevent any of that from happening I absolutely would have um, like I would have taken care of my health if I actually knew what to do and how to support my immune system so I didn't constantly have to have all that tonsillitis and go through all that surgery because it took a lot out of my body and going under general anesthetic twice in such a short period of time that also affects your body in lots of ways as well so it took me a long time to recover from that and 
yeah, after that, I ended up getting glandular fever. My energy was just so low. I was getting headaches. My tummy hurt. Like it was just, I was crashed. Like I was totally wiped out. And I finally reached a point where I was just so fed up with going to the doctors and running around in circles with them. And so I just started researching myself. I changed up my diet and ended up studying naturopathy and nutrition. And it was a long journey, but I definitely can say that I was able to fix my digestion. I'm able to enjoy food again. My immune system's super strong now. Like I haven't been sick in years. So I have a lot of energy, all of that. It was a process, but it was so freaking worth it. But it, I guess those sort of like lessons and that experience, it really gives me empathy for what other people are going through. I definitely know what it's like for your immune system to just crash and sort of fail you in a sort of way and your digestion to fail you. I totally get that. Um, and I understand that pain, but I'm also, I want to give hope to that. There is a way through it. Like sometimes you got to get to that really dark downtime where everything just feels like it's just fucking broken, but there is a way through it. You just got to go through it. And I guess if my health didn't fail me in that sort of way, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't have studied naturopathy if my health just was always perfect and I didn't have a problem. Um, it was that sort of like need to actually learn about my health and actually take responsibility and put my health in my own hands that actually got me through it. And yeah, so I'm grateful for it in that sort of way. Okay. So moving on. So that was just a little bit of a tangent, but moving on. So I want to give you some examples of how you can really support your immune system and what's going to be important. So here's some foundational things. So always number one, real food first, as it's going to help that beneficial bacteria in your body thrive because when you eat real food made by nature that's going to help feed the beneficial bacteria in your body okay but when you eat processed food that actually fires up more inflammation and it creates a perfect environment for the bad bacteria to thrive and take over so real food is always going to support the beneficial bacteria in your gut Number two is vitamin D, which that's a really key player in just regulating your immune system. Studies have shown that illness as well as autoimmune conditions are really common in people who have low vitamin D stores. So make sure you're getting your daily dose of sunshine or get tested to see if supplementation is required. I live in Melbourne, so that's right down <laughs> at the bottom of Australia and where the equator is. So the further you are away from the equator, the harder it is for your body to actually absorb the vitamin D. So during Melbourne's winter, where we are in the latitude that actually prevents us from absorbing the vitamin D. So if you haven't had enough uh, sunshine in summer to tie you over because your body will store it all during summer. So you get all your sunshine, it gets stored and that's meant to tie you over until the end of winter. But if you're not getting enough during summer, then you may run out of your stores. So, or you might get low stores. So, Make sure you get some nice sunshine in summer. Obviously, practice sun smart, like don't be silly about it, but um, that's going to be important. And the best time to get your vitamin D checked is at the end of winter because that shows how well you stored it from summer to the end of winter. Hope that makes sense. And number three is vitamin C and zinc. So these are so well known to protect your immune system and support your immune system. So some zinc sources are things like oysters, grass-fed beef, lamb, cashews, 
pumpkin seeds or pepitas, whatever you want to call them, lentils, chia seeds, and tahini. But as a general rule of thumb, I will just let um, some people know that if you are following a vegetarian or vegan diet, it is quite hard to get enough zinc from food sources if you're following that sort of diet because mostly the zinc is in animal products. So if you are in this boat and you are following that sort of diet, make sure you're really looking at what foods like vegetarian options are really high in zinc, like your um, pepitas and things like that. But in the big scheme of things, they are so much lower compared to oysters and meats and things like that. So uh, if you need to get tested or having supplementation, so something to keep an eye on if you are vegetarian or vegan. And some sources of vitamin C are things like acerola cherries, kiwi fruit, capsicum. So a lot of people are surprised um, that capsicum is really high. It's really, really high in vitamin C. I know a lot of people's go-to are things like oranges, but things like kiwi fruit and capsicum are actually higher in vitamin C. Also cauliflower, broccoli, papaya, lemons, uh, green leafy vegetables, and something like sauerkraut as well. So sauerkraut was actually used way way back in the day um when people were dying of scurvy uh, which is basically total vitamin c deficiency so they realized this when sailors would go on long voyages and they were dying and getting this scurvy um, because they didn't have any fresh food available to them so what they started to do was ferment the cabbage so it was preserved and the cabbage had natural vitamin c it actually had more vitamin c because it was fermented and they'd bring that with them and they started to survive so they survived those long voyages and they overcame that so it is another source of vitamin c which i thought was really cool and that leads me into fermented foods in general. So their fermented foods are a really good source of beneficial bacteria. So that helps. It's basically just a good flow through to have um, every day or every other day, just some sort of probiotic or fermented food. So things like sauerkraut, homemade coconut yogurt, kefir, there's a whole bunch of different uh, fermented foods, kombucha, and they all have different sort of bacterial makeups. So you want a diverse range of things. So I like to, I make my own kombucha, I make my own coconut yogurt, I have sauerkraut, things like that. So I know a lot of people just sort of stick to one thing. So if you just have kombucha, for example, you're creating a monoculture in your gut. Diversity, again, is needed. So they all play their role and you don't want to just overpopulate with a certain type because that can create issues as well. So diversity, diversity, diversity. And lastly, number five is just superfoods. So things like cacao, pine pollen, collagen, and medicinal mushrooms are my favorites. They're the things that I have mostly in the superfood sort of category. And they're really, really great. So cacao is really high in antioxidants. Pine pollen's really good for immune support and allergy support. Collagen really helps to heal and seal the gut lining and just soothe an irritated tummy. And the medicinal mushrooms actually contain things like beta glucans, which are really good for the immune system. So they're things that I have. So I make my cacao elixir with the medicinal mushrooms. And then I make my own coconut yogurt and I put some pine pollen on there. Oh, and I also add the collagen into my elixir. That's what I do. And I find that really supports me. It's really nourishing for my immune system. So that's what I do just as an added like extra boost that I can give myself because 
I'm not one to go to supplements first. Uh, I know a lot of people just take a zinc or a vitamin C or take a probiotic. I like to get it through food. So I find these foods give me a really good solid foundation. Now, if you would like to check out any of those products that I mentioned, I have linked to them in the show notes so you can check them all out there. And I do have discount codes for some of them. So you can always check it out if you feel like you're wanting some in your life. And I also just want to add in a few other things that can help support your immune system, like drinking enough water. (laughs) That's going to be key. You need a flush and that's a part of the detoxification process. If your water's all stagnant or dried up pond, uh, that's not going to be like an environment of health. You need like a flowing water moving through you. Also getting plenty of good quality sleep, looking after your gut health, moving your body and managing stress. They're all foundational things. So don't miss out on them. Don't neglect that sort of thing. Don't think that you can just take a supplement and all your worries are going to be like done like you need to do these foundational things as well um, because that's what's going to build a foundation a really healthy rock solid foundation and if you do have a few gut issues or you feel your gut isn't quite right or you're wanting more support around dialing in stress your sleep or your diet i can definitely definitely help with that i actually have a number of ways that we can work together if you feel called to so i do one-on-one coaching and all you got to do is fill up an application form for that so i'll link that in the show notes otherwise i also have a completely diy digestion reset program which i take you through step by step like there's so much content in there i'm not even joking (laughs) and it tells you everything everything you need to do there's going to be like no question left unturned by the end of it you will know exactly what you need to be doing to restore your gut health how to manage symptoms naturally and actually transform your health from the inside out so that's a totally step-by-step program and yet diy so you can go at your own pace there's no start and end date and you if you wanted to you could always add on one-to-one coaching support with that so whatever you're feeling called to you can check out i'll also link my website so you can check out my whole range of offerings there as well Otherwise, you can just DM me, let me know what's going on, and I can guide you in the direction of what would probably be most suitable for you. And yeah, we can just chat. So you can always DM me or email me. I'm open to that. And that's a wrap for this week. So I hope you got some juicy takeaways from this one just to start supporting your body in a more holistic and natural way, the way nature intended. And just to wrap up what I covered, just remembering that humans need bacteria and viruses to survive. They are not evil. They are not inherently evil. We live in relationship with them and they help build and evolve our immune system. So it's a constant relationship. Obviously, when things go out of balance, that can cause issue. And if you give an environment for viruses and bacteria, like the bad guys, to thrive, well then, yeah, they're going to take over. But if you have a healthy vessel and you have an environment of health uh, and you're supporting the good guys, then that's going to be really supportive and protective for you. So look after your health, look after yourself. And just also remembering that your gut is the home to most of your immune system. So you need to look after it 
And it's clear if you do have digestive issues or digestive symptoms and your gut is giving you grief, that you want to give that extra attention. You want to look after it. You want to fix that up so your immune system is strong. But sometimes some people don't even have digestive issues, but they have a gut problem. So if your immune system's out of whack, if you're having skin issues, if you're having trouble losing weight, low energy, that can be all tied back to poor gut health or your digestive system just under firing or being sluggish or something like that. So when you build up a strong digestive system, that's going to be like, that's the epicenter of your health. So build that up strong and a lot of things will balance out for you. And lastly, support your immune system with real food, sunshine, vitamin C, zinc, and fermented foods. All right. So I hope that was helpful for you. I will speak to you in the next episode. I'd love to hear your feedback on this one. So give me a DM. And yeah, if you ever have any podcast topic ideas or you have any questions that you want me to cover in future episodes, I am definitely open to that. So if you have any ideas or questions, shoot them through to me. I'd love to hear them. All right. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We hope you loved this episode. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts with your favorite takeaway from this episode, because that way we know what you're loving. And it also helps share this podcast with new people and get it into new people's ears and share the message. We would really, really value your support in that because that just really helps keep the podcast growing and allows us to keep on showing up in this way for you. Another way you can share the love is just simply sending this episode to someone you think would benefit or even just taking a screenshot and sharing it on your Insta stories and tagging us. We'd love to see that you're tuning in and get to know you over on the gram. So we'd love to see that. Again, thank you so much for hanging out and we'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye.